From Arlington, Virginia, this is Formative Tracks, the show where we sit down with D.C. area musicians to talk about the top five songs that made them who they are. Today, we are catching up with Sasha Elizabeth of the Ethereal Lotion Princess, uh, whom we we talked to in season two. So, um, Sasha, catch us up a little bit on how the band is doing at the beginning of this bright new year that has gotten off to quite a rocky start thus far it has it has kind of uh come in with a bang um we're doing really well i it took us a little while to get our bearings when we couldn't be together in person anymore but over the last several months we have started meeting more regularly and figuring out a good process for creating remotely together. And we had initially created like a Slack workspace where we were putting all of our projects and that felt really official and really um, practical. And it was helpful for sure. But I think the kind of face-to-face, like get, you know, not face to as face-to-face as we can get these days, these days, like getting together on Zoom or Google Hangouts or whatever, and just looking at each other and talking about um, our work and where it's at has been more fruitful in um, moving us to the next steps of the songwriting processes. So we're working on working on three tracks right now. And one of them we've started, we have a demo for, um, and we're kind of finishing that up. And we have a few more that are, in pre-production. They've been written, but they haven't really been workshopped. Um, so I'm hoping, and I'm very, I'm very excited about kind of our new, um, I don't know, it feels like a new writing process for us virtually. And like I said, it just took us a long time to kind of get comfortable here, but I think that we're in a good flow now. And I feel excited to kind of crank out these tracks and workshop them together and um, share them with, with the world sometime in 2021. Right. So do you guys just like set out a Zoom link and gather at each of your residences? And then and then how does that work with music? Because I know there's usually a delay, like if you're all trying to kind oh, of yeah. no, play together. Playing music together. Yeah, it's, it's just really talking. <clears throat> we're just talking, yeah. So we'll, it's really funny because like we were talking last time when we were on video together about how the same thing that we used to accomplish by playing music together, we're now trying to accomplish by talking to each Mm -hmm. other. So what we would often do as a band is I would come with an idea and have the chords for it and like a song kind of structure and have the chords for it. And then we would start playing it. I would just start playing it. Um, And then people would start adding in parts like, I would kind of give the, the break down the chord structure and then we would just start jamming on the song and it, I, it might feel really organic and just like all the parts fell in or it might feel like there was something off and then we would talk about how and we could try something different to fix that. Like one time um, a song just like wasn't feeling right and Andrew, who's a guitar player, had the idea to switch the verses and the choruses complete, like just totally switch up the format and we did that and it totally worked and it was super cool. So 
so that feels like the phase of the process of the songwriting process that we're now trying to accomplish um, over over video virtually, which mm -hmm. is really weird because instead of just playing the music and feeling feeling it out, we're talking it out. So we're like, this part, you know, feels like there needs to be a little more there and like, you know, just using descriptive words instead of kind of uh, talking with our instruments, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. but, but that, yeah, it kind of seems like you'd need to learn another language and like try that out a little bit because that's like such a different way of communicating. You know what yeah. I mean? Like to to really get other people to understand what it is you're trying to, what your what your concept is. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely tricky. And I think that we hadn't, I think that we hadn't kind of gotten into a workflow because we had struggled to get to that place of being able to just talk it out. It felt like in some ways we were all holding out for there to be like a way to communicate musically, even though we didn't know that, um, even though we knew that it wouldn't happen anytime soon, like to be in the same space together. But I think that when we kind of just kept pushing each other, we were able to have the conversations that we needed to have to creatively generate something together by talking. Mm -hmm. um, so going back a little bit, what was, what was it like for you guys, you know, almost a year ago yeah. now? I mean, you know, like say last March when the pandemic hit, I mean, did you guys just go through sort of like a wait and see period? Was there any period where you kind of gave up on the bands? I mean, there was like a lot of logistical challenges. Yeah. It's funny because the, our last show was the Wednesday right before our lockdown, which I believe was on Thursday, March 15th. Our show was on Wednesday, March 14th. And wow. it had been um, like, I remember going to a Purim party, which is like a Jewish holiday. Right. And it was a really crowded event and they were teaching people how to do the chicken wing, like greeting so that people weren't hugging. And I remember just being like, oh, whatever, like, just give me a hug. Who's going to need that? Like, yeah, I just trial. felt so like, I just didn't understand. Uh, I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't really someone who kept track of the news until, until this year. And now until I, you had to. Yeah, exactly. So, so we had our first show or sorry, our last show that night and um, and then, yeah, and then everything got shut down and I, I mean, everybody thought it was temporary for a while. So we weren't making a huge effort to keep things moving, but as it became clearer and clearer, um, that we had to get used to this and start to make use of the time. Um, I, I struggled with writing and I think it was because I struggled with finding time on my own. I was in my house in DC cause I'm in Boston now, which I told you um, before we started uh, the recording, but I, I was in DC with my roommates and part of quarantine, like the first few months of quarantine, it was just so fun to always be together and to feel like we were at camp or something. Like we were, cooking and having, getting our, all of our favorite shows and sure. 
we were in, we were just like having a good time. And so I didn't make a whole lot of time for the things that are necessarily nourishing to me, like songwriting. And I didn't write for a while. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that at any point I gave up on things, but it has felt at times, like, how are we going to, like, how are we going to do this? And how are we going to get, how are we going to all feel the same level of commitment that we felt before when we were getting so much more out of this than we are now? And, um, and that's not to say that nobody, that everybody is not committed, but it's not as rewarding when you're not together and when you don't get to play shows and have that feedback from an audience. So there haven't been times when I have thought about, like have just have thought maybe I wouldn't do this anymore, but there have been times when I've worried how will we do this and um, what is it gonna look like? And I feel like our last few kind of meetings and the progress that we've been making lately has given me a lot of hope. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the flip side of that is like, what would it mean to leave the group? And I mean, not just you and Lotion Princess, but I mean, I'm sure there are like bands that have split up in this period because it's like, this is it's pain in the butt. Who knows when venues are going to open again? I'm yeah. sick of live streams. This is a waste of time. But I feel like there's also an urgency to create music during this period. I mean, it's like one of the few sources of hope and optimism and um, and just like a way to process everything mm -hmm. that's going on. Um, so yeah, logistically, I'm sure it's very challenging, but it's also, there's not a whole lot of appeal of, of getting into a situation where you're not writing music anymore and you're not performing it in any capacity. Yeah, I, it's, it's interesting to see artists' response to this period of time and how for some people it feels like this creative minefield, like there's just so much more, there's so many, there's time is, time is a resource that is plentiful right now. And some people, for example, Taylor Swift. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm thinking Taylor Swift too. <laughs> like never been really, better for, yeah. Yeah, have really been able to, use this time so well and other people have felt really paralyzed and creatively um you know a lot of scarcity in their creativeness creativity yeah <laughs> and and i would say that i would say that i'm more on that end and i think that you know there's creativity in every life provides so much feedback and we're not getting that same kind of feedback right now. And we don't have the same story. Like we don't have stories to tell it in the same way that we, we are, we would have, we do have when things are not totally shut down and we can't be out there in the world. So it, I think it's like, <laughs> it's interesting because it's like, I think those that are able to write about the, the existential kind of nature of right now and how actually heavy right now is, I think might be getting a lot out of this, but um, creatively and be and to be able to take that and process it and turn it into art, like that's incredible. We all need that art right now, but I also don't think that it's 
a reasonable expectation to, um, I, I, I try not to put too much pressure on myself to create right now when I don't have the energy from the rest of the world and the stories from my time out in the world to put into my art. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you almost have to just rely on internal experiences rather than your interactions with other people as source material. I mean, I was just thinking the other day of how, how like how many times did you used to say, how are you in one day? Because you would pass yeah. by, so where, you know, whatever it's like the Metro or work or the apartment building or whatever. Um, and like, that's a phrase that you're like hardly saying cause you're seeing so few people. But, um, but yeah, I also don't think that music during this period needs to be specifically about the pandemic or, you know, just about all the turmoil that's going on in the country right now. Um, I just feel like it's, you know, just creating anything is, um, uh, a plus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So you did record and release a few songs last year. Yeah, we did. We recorded them all before the lockdown. Um, and then we released them, I think maybe one before the lockdown and then a few after it had started. Okay, so none of them were written during the pandemic or like inspired by experiences. No, they were all inspired by experiences from maybe even before 2020. They were songs that we had been playing for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we just were really excited to record them. Okay. I mean, I know we haven't listened to them yet, but I'm curious like if anything resonates or like hits differently now than when you played them like I you know I mean just in like listening to music that I've listened to a million times things just yeah I feel like I'm interpreting them in a different way now you know mm. well it's interesting because all of the three songs that we released last year are all about previous relationships that I've had and I don't know if I've had any more oh that's really it is kind of an interesting question because they're all such personalized stories and I'm not sure that I've done a whole lot of processing, like further processing around those specific relationships, but, but one thing that I have been thinking about in the pandemic is how much emotion and how full I always felt. Um, before before the pandemic and how saturated I was with emotion all the time and how intense that was. Um, and, and how kind of that intensity, it was almost like with those songs, it, they were born of the intensity that I was feeling at the time. And that's an intensity in my life that I don't have anymore and I don't miss it. Um, I don't miss kind of feeling like I was always overflowing with challenging emotions. Um, <clears throat> and I think part of that is because in DC, my life was just so, so full. And 
And, and it's not to say that that was a bad thing whatsoever, but I have learned a lot about quiet time and, um, and just more slaying a little, laying a little bit lower. And, um, so I guess in listening to those songs, there has to be a nostalgia. I mean, there is a nostalgia for me around like what it felt like to just pour emotion out. And then there's also a, an excitement for kind of creating art from a different place. And I'm not sure what that looks like yet, but I'm excited about, about that. Yeah. And it's kind of nice how this period is lining up with a new year. Cause there's always, you know, um, at least a some sense of um, optimism. How long it lasts, you know, we'll see. But um, it lasted about six days. This uh, right. <laughs> um, maybe like five and a half. Okay, so I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna play a little bit of uh, retrospect. Okay. I could never see you again. That would be fine. I can't handle too much at one time. Are we more than friends? Cause you start to freeze up and I feel like I'm playing pretend I got a darkness Searching for catharsis I wish this guy could swallow me whole And make me vanish And in the morning rain It was a serious game I was wondering how I got here How I forgot Suck it up for your birthday. Should've suck it up for your birthday. Should've suck it up for your birthday. In retrospect, I gave it up. Okay, so tell me what the title is in reference to and like where, what's the vantage point where you're saying in retrospect, is this like you've left a relationship and now you're looking back or? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, having some perspective on a relationship, realizing that I gave it my best and it still, you know, it's kind of like I surrender, like I really just tried my hardest. And um, in a way it's like, it's not necessarily talking to that person as it is as much as it is talking to myself because I, I, I want, I wanted to reassure myself that I did my absolute best that I could have in that, at that time. Yeah. And, um, you say that you you have a darkness searching for catharsis. Is that um, just like all the turmoil that came with 
that relationship and just the need for a release that only comes with leaving it? That is an interesting interpretation. I think it definitely, <laughs> I think that it's a, why I say that is because that's how I felt about so most of my relationships in my life is like, um, just kind of the turmoil, the darkness that I end up experiencing. I need to release, I needed relief and then to release the relationship in order to experience that. Um, I think when I wrote that, I was thinking about just the darkness that I have as a person, the kind of side of me that is dark and brooding and like unsatisfied and how much of my life is about looking for that relief and looking for things that soothe and release that feeling of heaviness. Um, and uh, I think that that is a pretty universal experience, you know? <laughs> um, I think it's a really universal experience. Yeah, and it's interesting in certain situations like your job, right? Like you're you're given a really difficult assignment and it's really stressful and you just kind of have to deal with it and suck it up until it's over and you get that deadline, you know, you meet that deadline, you're done. In a relationship, it's not always that easy. There's not just like, I just need to say this right thing or I just need to go for a run or I just need, you know, like sometimes that's what mm -hmm. you need and sometimes you just need to leave the relationship and there's, and like, that's the only way out. Um, yeah, and I think that for people who struggle with attachment or um and by attachment I mean like challenging attachment styles I don't know if you've um heard of attachment theory but no when you say attachment I think of um codependency and, and things yeah. like that but I I don't know you know the, like a formal attachment theory and all the different models that people end up following yeah it's so interesting and so useful I have found, but in attachment theory, there are a few different definitions of attachment styles. And one of them is anxious attachment. One of them is avoidant and there's secure attachment, which is what we all wish we had. <laughs> and then there are combinations and the, those, that framework has really helped me over the years. But, but when I, what I was saying is that when people, for people who struggle with challenging attachment styles or trauma or insecurity. Relationships can be a really intolerable place to be. And, um, uh, and, and I have found that for much of my life, but I have also found that I, I kept seeking them out because I felt like there was learning there for me to do. And I really have always wanted a secure, securely attached, um, happy relationship. And I believed that I could find one. And um, for that reason, I kept trying, but it, it's been brutal. <laughs> but I actually have a really happy relationship right now. And that's, um, really new for me, like in my life. And, um, 
I feel like I've done the work to get there. And it's a combination of that and just finding the right person. Yeah. And I mean, that sounds like a testament to all the effort that you've put in in the past and your belief that you would find that. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, and then tell us about Think of Me before we hear any of it. Uh, what would you like to know? Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. What was what was the genesis of the song? How did it come together? And maybe you can talk a little bit about uh, process too with this song. So, you know, was it like you thoroughly wrote the song, wrote the song by yourself, and just brought it to your bandmates and were like, "Okay, this is going to be your part. This is your part. Let's play it." Or like, "I have a kernel of an idea. I'm, you know, I'm stuck on this. You know, that type of thing." Yeah. Um, it was definitely a song that I kind of brought to the band with the chords and the structure worked out and then we worked it together and it became something a little bit different. I think specifically the end where there's a lot of layering and there's a lot of repetition. We worked a bunch of different versions of that and, and came up with this one together. <laughs> um, It was, it was, that is the oldest of those three songs. And it's a really old feeling. I don't know. Cause you're a songwriter too, right? Mm -hmm. So the feeling of writing something and then performing it and it's, you're experiencing a really old feeling all over yeah. again. It's a really weird feeling and you can still, it's like almost like you can still feel that in your body exactly how it was when you wrote it, but it, um, but there's distance from it, which is, which is really refreshing. I, and then I, I kind of wonder because I've been writing music for like five years now and I'm like, what's going to happen? Well, I want to sing this song that I wrote in 2016, five years from now, when I really can't relate to that feeling so much anymore. But think of me is again about relationships and a relationship that um, didn't work out. And the whole, the sentiment that I was trying to work through was like, I, I really didn't handle this relationship in a way that I, I didn't handle this relationship in a way that I'm necessarily proud of. Not to say that I didn't try my hardest, but that um, but that, um, I was not my wisest self in that relationship. And I didn't, I didn't, um, act from my wisest place. And, and I think another piece of that a piece of this song is mental illness and, um, and, and what's always been really terrifying about, dating and being in relationship is people seeing how much I can struggle at times and and um and really that vulnerability and total I'm not sure exactly how to say it but like that there are there have been moments in relationships with where I feel like have feeling I'm totally falling apart and can't control it. And 
for somebody to see that is really terrifying. And, um, and I have always worried in looking back at relationships that my former partners would think that I was, I don't know. I think it's part of, part of it is like, you know, worrying that somebody is going to judge you for being so broken and, um, and maybe kind of write you off as just like a disaster. <laughs> and, um, and that feels dehumanizing and it feels so hurtful. So I think in, in past relationships, especially the ones when I was a bit younger um, and I felt like I had less control over my mental health and a lot less stability, um, it kind of still makes me sick to think of the places that I have allowed people to witness in me that I really never wanted those people to witness. Like, it was just kind of inevitable if they were gonna be close to me in that moment. And uh, it still leaves me feeling really, really vulnerable. So I guess like, I wonder what you'll think of me as like, how do you, what do you make of that person that you saw? And, um, and yeah, just feeling vulnerable and wanting to kind of know, and also really not wanting to know, but, but feeling exposed. Yeah. I mean, there's so much trust that goes into a relationship and you have to trust that your partner's going to be able to bear witness to all that and give you the support that you need and, and that you grow closer together and not further apart. Um, yeah. And then like the flip side of that too, is that, um, you know, maybe one partner's being emotionally, uh, present and vulnerable and, the other one isn't showing, you know, perceived weakness, or whatever, but they're also not like showing who they actually are because it's mm -hmm. part of being human, you know, and there's a lot of problems that come with that. sent along one other song that you guys released last year called in the summer but it sounds like you didn't actually write it in the summer of 2020 at least um no that song i wrote that song in 2019 and i wrote this song about another relationship that was not working out um and i'll just disclaim disclaimer or caveat that the that the three relationships that I wrote about in these three songs were not all as close together as their releases. <laughs> Got it. Um, 
but I have done a fair amount of dating um, for the, over the past bunch of years. Um, in the summer was about a relationship that was really, really challenging in a lot of ways, but I felt like I couldn't peel myself away from because the draw was just really intense. Um, and yeah, it was about, I, I, when I wrote it, it was kind of like it had dissolved, <clears throat> um, but was to pick back up again. <laughs> um, and I wrote it about a sp specific night and it felt, it feels a lot more like, um, like storytelling than the others, which are a little more like, I've had time to digest and process and here's my like hot take on the relationship. And this, this one feels a little more momentary. Um, yeah, I, I wrote it on the back porch. I had brought the keyboard out outside um, in the summer <laughs> and it was a beautiful day. And I, it was one of those days when I felt a little bit aimless and didn't really know where to place myself, didn't have a whole lot of, uh, didn't have a, a lot of plans, but had done that intentionally so that I could find some time for myself, but then ended up feeling kind of distraught and aimless, which is something that I experience often with empty expanses of time, but I had dragged the keyboard outside to just sit with that feeling a little bit and see what came up. And I just wrote the song very quickly, kind of came out, spilled out in one take and, and then it was done. And yeah, I, like I wrote, it just felt so good to write. I felt, I totally like switched my day up because I felt like, oh my gosh, I can actually produce something that I'm proud of. And I, I often find that between writing songs, I feel really um, shitty about myself and then, and then something really cool will come out. But I don't, I'm not the kind of person that I can sit down and make myself write. And I want to get better at that because I think that there is a way to tap into creativity intentionally like that. But I have been much more of the wait till the inspiration strikes kind of person. So that was what happened on that summer afternoon. And then I brought it to the band and everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. So and we started performing it and it was really fun. Yeah. And I, I feel like, uh, kind of waiting for the inspiration to strike is how most of the songwriters I've talked to work. I mean, I, you know, it's like, I feel like, yeah, you can make yourself do exercises every day or three times a week mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, make yourself practice an instrument or something like that. I think it's very difficult to make yourself produce something yeah. um, every day. And if you do, then, which, which is cool, then you probably also need to accept that like maybe 90% of it is crap. Um, mm -hmm. And you're just kind of doing it just to, you know, keep the juices flowing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But, but yeah. Okay. So let's hear some of In the Summer. I'm gonna stop trying, trying to get back to you. But you smell so inviting, 
And I know you think I'm sexy too I know you think I'm sexy too It sucks that I want it so bad And I've been feeling that Oh, when I make you smile I'm sick for the touch of your lips I need a hit of that This would you give me This is the It's uh, funny that you were, well, not funny, but interesting that you were saying earlier that <clears throat> I think during this period, like pre-pandemic, you felt like heavier and there was <clears throat> like more laden with emotion and um, because all of your music to me sounds like a warm, cozy blanket. So like <laughs> when you're talking about like, oh, I need more time to just sit and be and quiet. I was, I'm like, that's what your music already represents. So it's just, it's just kind of an interesting um, wow. contrast. Oh, that feels um, really nice to hear. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you guys have like such a definite vibe um, that, yeah, is very soothing. Um, Thank you. So, so what's, what are your, what are your guys' uh, you know, individually as a songwriter and then, you know, for the group, uh, what are your hopes for 2021? Are you guys just kind of like, let's just see what happens or is it like this year, this is what we want to do? Well, we definitely want to release <clears throat> more singles and the singles that we've been working on. Maybe we'll make it into a little EP or LP or, yeah, just not really sure yet, but we have, um, we have these three songs that we're working on and then I want to keep writing. So I'm hoping that we will be able to share those relatively soon. And then of the, you know, with those songs and future songs as a, as a songwriter and as a band, I think we have wanted to kind of nail down our sound um, a little more intentionally and, and, we really loved in the summer we loved we still love it but we love playing it we love recording it it just had a kind of higher energy feel than some of our other than all of our other music and i think we all want to kind of keep going with that vibe so we've been working on songs that are have a little bit more energy behind them and feel like a little more fun and i think that we'll we'll keep doing that and um and I also think that it's interesting because that you say, you know, the intensity that I was mentioning gave way to this music that's kind of calming. And you're not the first person that said that. And it's really cool to hear because um, it, it's, it makes me think that subconsciously I'm creating what I need, which is what we're doing, right? When we make art is we're like giving ourselves something that we need in that process. But it's cool that I'm also able to kind of like somehow 
translate that to giving other people something that I need, which hopefully they need also. Right. But I think what I'm needing now, speaking of me, is I is more energy. And it's it's fun to kind of write songs that have a higher energy and um uh and and everybody feels on board with that. So that is my hope is that's what 2021 will hold and um and being able to kind of share some of those tunes with other folks too. Yeah. Um beautifully said. Um, well, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me, Sasha. And um, thank you to our listeners. That is it for season four of Formative Tracks. Uh, be sure to catch up on past episodes on Apple Podcasts and keep your eyes peeled for a brand new music podcast from yours truly later this year. Bye.